Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. It's interesting that tonight being the very last service for Sanson for this year, I was just reflecting a little bit over the, over the year that has gone by, and I, and I realized that I, I preached the very first service of this year in, for Sanson as well. Um, right in the beginning of January, um, and, and it was entitled, So What? Um, like in sow, as in sowing and reaping, so what? Um, all right, there we go, yes. It's, for some people, you don't need to explain a pun, like Daniel, um, and for other Daniels, you have to explain a pun, you know? Um, all right, so, um, but specifically, in, and I'm going I'm to recap, who was here then? Right at the beginning of the year. Okay, there's a handful that, that, was, that was sitting in. Um, but I'm going to very briefly just recap what we were talking about at the beginning of this year because it is, because it is also applicable, just general life principles and, and biblical principles. And going into 2018, same, same principles apply. Um, but we kind of at the, at the, what do you call it, the start kind, the tail end of, um, of, of the year, and it's always good to just reflect a little bit about what did God say and just do a little bit of a stock take about, okay, coming at the end of this year, what did God tell me for this year and what did I do about what God told me this year? And that therefore, the, the second one in, in, in this being just giving an account um, of, of what, what happened. All right, so... Um, Let's read. Uh, this was the main scripture then. Um, if you missed it and you want the whole one, you can go onto the website and download uh, all the way back to the beginning of January. So in Galatians 6 verse 7 to 10 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And then the, the next scripture I kind of unpacked was Galatians 5, where it talks about um, walking by the, in the Spirit or walking in the flesh. Um, if, you, if, you, if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap. In this way, if you sow to the flesh, you will, you will reap from the flesh. And we, we kind of, I, I got some feedback from guys in the audience who wanted to see what happened. And I try to not over-spiritualize it, um, but being in church, people just, they shot right all the time. Um, but Okert, for example, said that he wanted to be, at the end of this year, be a single handicap. Okert, how did that work out for you? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> not there yet, but, it, but not bad. <laughs> yeah, but if you know golf, um, then uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, and uh, or how they work out the handicaps at least. Um, somebody else, um, who was it, Marcus, um, he wanted to start, he wanted to get fit and play touch rugby again because he had a knee operation uh, beginning or somewhere last year. And uh, PJ and I and Marcus and some of the guys that are not, are not here this evening, we played semifinals with Marcus 
last week Monday. Unfortunately, we lost. But point being, he uh, he, he kind of he, he played again, or he is playing again, still having to just properly nurse that as well, that injury. But then also, I remember Hanan sitting in the back. I think it was his first service in Joburg. He said um, that he wants to see many souls saved during the year. And uh, and in 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 Anand's absence, I can I can testify for the fact that he went out in faith and actually saw some people saved through him putting out his faith. For example, you know, he's leading one of our um, I want to say adult small groups, one of our working young working small groups. But he also told me he wants to help me. He wants to help at the students. So he started on his own account on his own time. He started another student small group at UJ. Um, at one of the other campuses where we were, are still working towards. And because of his laboring there, there is now a small group of about five or six guys. Um, and uh, that was something that he wanted to see happen, and therefore he sowed in faith, and he reaped that. And it's amazing, I, I chatted to him a week or two ago as well, and he said he remembers when he was studying in Tigerberg, he's a doctor, um, and uh, he remembers having small group with two guys, and he's just, he keeps asking God, where, where, where are the people that you want to, where, where are the people that you want to get saved? And God told him, you be faithful with the two that I've given you, and I will add the rest. And the moment he made his shift to the two guys that God has already given him, by the end of that year, they have five small groups. And that was just God adding, adding the people. And it's amazing when you hear from God what is on his heart, how, how God then aligns and, and, and does what, what he does. And, and that's amazing. So the, the point or the, the kind of the focus of, of this evening is just to reflect a bit. So in, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures about how, just out of a biblical sense, why it is important for us to understand that giving an account is a biblical thing. Okay, so engineers, give your accountant buddies a high five after church and say it's a biblical thing you guys are doing, okay? If you're doing it right, not if you, if you quirk Steinhoff's books. All right. Okay. Um, if that went over you, never mind, it's fine. Okay, Hebrews 4, verse 12 to 13. For the, work, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all the creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him whom we must give an account. Yeah. Um, so I, I love what, what Courtney Becker often says, and, and he can help me with the wording if I'm getting it wrong. But he often talks about that in life, or you, we go through a place and when we, we get orientated, we, when we meet Jesus or we think we are orientated, we're heading in a certain direction and something happens and we get disorientated. And when Jesus arrives on the scene, we get reorientated. And in a sense of, of giving, giving an account, of doing an assessment, even Scripture says, I think it's in James, I might be wrong, says, test, whether, test yourselves whether you are in the faith. It talks about just doing introspection, looking at your life, and, and, and investigating, am I aligning my life to God's will and purposes for my life? Um, and so it's such a, such a biblical thing. And sometimes we realize that 
we missed, we missed the turn. Sometimes God said, go in that direction. And for some reason, we were either too busy, too distracted, or, or whatever, fill in the blank there. And somewhere along the line, there was a left turn sign, which we missed. And we went over the T-junction. And we are in the cornfields. And, we, and we, we can't figure out what's going on. We're like, God, is this the harvest? Or what, what's, <laughs> what, what's going on? Um, and, 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 and sometimes we miss the turn. And it's, and it's important to actually just stand still with God. And, and, and during, during December, January, it's often a time like that for me when things are a little bit more quiet. But unless we are intentional about, uh, about, intentional about seeking God's heart about our lives, um, we are going to go into January um, and you're going to feel like you're on a slippery slide with a, and, and it feels like you're on a, on a, like a sinkplot grondpad. Have you ever, if you've been in South Africa long enough, then you would have, on a gravel road where it's, okay, okay, get it? If not, then go on holiday and take the road less to travel. Okay, Romans 14 verse 10 to 12 says, You then, why do you judge a brother or sister, or why do you treat them with contempt? For we, we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So the thing there is, if you're married, I want to give you a heads up. It doesn't say that you and your wife or you and your husband are going to stand before God and give an account for you too. When you stand before God, you're standing there before Him alone. You are going to have to give an account about what you did inside of your marriage, yes. But you can't use anybody as a scapegoat when you are standing before the judgment seat of God. Except, good news, Jesus. <laughs> he is our scapegoat. Okay? He took our penalty on Him. Amen. Right, so it's like doing this is not out of a place of, ooh, am I, am I measuring up, am I not measuring up? That's not the point. It's about, am I aligned with God's will or not? Am I going to live out God's purposes for my life or not? It's not about being accepted or not being accepted. Yes, there are certain evaluations like that at times, but that's not really the bottom line of, that, of tonight's conversation. If you are not in the faith, that is the conversation. If you don't have a personal living relationship with Jesus, then that is the conversation. But if you are in relationship with Jesus, you, can, you dedicated your life to Christ, then you are already accepted because you are in Christ. In Christ, there is no condemnation. All right, so you are accepted. You are loved. So don't, don't go on the scales about, am I good enough? Am I not good enough? It's about what is there in my life that is hindering me from following Jesus with everything. Some, sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's just your duvet, okay? Meaning that you don't get up in the morning because it's too comfortable in your bed, okay? Hebrews 12 talks about, therefore, um, being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything and sin that so easily entangles, and let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of it. Okay, so sometimes it's sin, sometimes it's just pure stupidity or laziness or just a very heavy duvet or whatever it is, okay? Um, all right, so strap in, stay with me, okay? I almost lost some of you with a duvet example. If you're still missing the duvet example, just ask somebody next year, okay? 
All right, where are we? Okay, before the judgment seat of God, keeping an account. And, and, and this one is a little bit of a different one, but I, I felt God specifically laying this on my heart this evening to share. I just wanted to, I'm going to sidetrack this conversation just a little bit for, for the sake. Talking to leaders, okay, or actually talking to other people regarding leaders. He says, Hebrews 13 verse 17, says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. And it's, there's, there's two points I just want to touch on here. And, um, and one is for, for the leaders, uh, for, for us as, as pastoral leaders, but also as small group leaders, is that there is a, there's a sense of responsibility that comes with leading. Um, and, and, and I want to encourage us as leaders to... If, to, to make sure that we don't overcommit ourselves or overextend ourselves in certain areas so that it actually causes us to be bad stewards of the people that God has actually entrusted to us. Okay, so there is an evaluation of there's so much need outside in the world and we can't base our decisions based on the need because you will burn out. You need to base your decisions based on what God is telling you to do. Um, so... Be wary of that, but at the same time, God is also going to call us as leaders to give an account of the people that He has entrusted to us. And therefore, the other angle that I want to really ask you guys to, to keep praying for, for Henny and Stefan and your small group leaders and, and figure out ways of how to bless them. Okay, I'm not talking about monetary. If it is monetary, then I'm not talking about financial. I'm just talking about being, making their work a joy, making it light work. Um, use an example here. If you come to us and say that you are not doing your job because X, Y, and Z, you're not making it a joy. Maybe it's true what you're saying, okay? But you are really making it more difficult. Um, so I want to encourage us as a congregation, and I'm leaving soon, so I can kind of now say some stuff before I leave. <laughs> before I leave. Um, I want, to just, I want to really encourage you, consider how you can bless your leaders, okay? Because it's really their hearts to bless and to love and to care. And perhaps them not having gotten to you is because there's a whole lot of other stuff going on, either in their personal lives or in fireworks going on around, around them. Um, all right, so I just wanted to, to really encourage you. And, um, Yo, just during the worship, um, Stefan let me know that he was going to be a little bit late and, and, and so on. And so I was standing at the back and worshiping. And, and I realized that for the guys that have walked a long journey with us, uh, with us you know, being me and Christine and been here a long time, I, I realized that literally every single person in the show for Johannesburg, except Stefan de Waal, came into show for Johannesburg after us. Um, I think Sunet, you're just about the same time, um, as well as, as Reynet was also about the same time. Um, and, um, you know, there's so, there's so much um, that I realize that, that God has just birthed in this place over the last 10 or so years. Um, and, and even though we feel that God is leading us into, into this, it's, 
there, there's a sense of excitement and adventure, but it's also, oh God, there's, it's like almost walking away from children. <laughs> but I'm saying you children, you get what I'm saying. So there's certainly things that got birthed. And like my passion has for many years been students and youth. And only over the last two or three years, the students is now starting to get picked up. And the youth is just about to be go, get going as well. And it's now that God says, okay, let's go. Um, and it's, it's difficult. Um, but it's also exciting. And, and, I re- and, and I was standing at the back worshiping. And um, it's kind of during, during that time we were doing some free worship. And all of a sudden I heard Stefan's voice behind me singing. Now if you've ever heard Stefan singing, then that is, it's, it's quite a comforting, it's quite a comforting feel. Um, and um, now I want to thank you guys. You know, for being a safe place. Um, to him as well. And I remember um, last year, um, I'm not going to tell the whole story now, but I remember last year we had, um, we went to go and save um, basically um, my sister's baby. The, she was she was going in for for an abortion, and we 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 rocked. We we showed up in time, like with ten minutes, to save him. He he turned one in November. Praise God. Um, but it was just such a um, such a time. And Jakub Prinsler was the first pastor of Schaffer Johannesburg, and he's now in Pretoria. He's one of the pastors in in, in Pretoria now. And my sister went to hospital in Pretoria. So they were just like, how can we help? Um, and, and Philip just said that Yaku is meeting you at the hospital. So I was just like gritting my teeth. And Germo, he was here. And I borrowed his car. I went to pick up Christine. And we sped through to Pretoria. And kind of managing everything. The moment I saw Yaku, it was just like you registered that safe place. And it was just like... Um, and you just break down and weeping and for a minute or two because you know you've got a time limit here and we go in and, 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 and it's just and I realize um, and, and, I, and I realize that we um, Christine and I have been have become for a lot of people so that safe place and, and us leaving um, is is difficult as well um, for for some of you um, and um, we we're not going away um, with a woohoo. We we're gonna <laughs> cheers, good riddance, kind of kind of thing. Our hearts are re- our lives have been invested in this place uh, and in you guys. Um, so we really are gonna miss you. Um, that was not really planned, but it was just it was just something that I wanted to to honor you guys with. And and I realized that we as leaders, even small group leaders or missions leaders, the guys that went on missions now, you bond together um, as a team, like a family. Um, and you, you have a different connection when you rub shoulders with, with somebody in the trenches and you are just, you are tired, over the hill tired, and, but you have to, for the sake of, we are here for this and this and this and for these people. You, you bond in a certain way. And I really want to say that we love you guys and come visit us.
bring a family mission or something there. All right, coming back. All right, so giving an account. Um, you know, just make, just be intentional about making it easier, easy for the leaders as well. Okay. Out of Revelations 20, this is the, like the great, uh, the great white throne. Uh, verse 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small. Now, just pause here for a moment. Just imagine you picture yourself, only you, before the throne of God. Maybe a couple of thousand angels as well, but you standing in front of the judgment seat of God, and you, you seeing, you picture yourself in this, in this moment. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens, fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. Then I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the, the lake of fire. Now that, is a, that, that is a fearful moment, just to, to arrive at that, at that moment. Um, and, and there's only, only one that gets your name written in that book of life, and that is Jesus, if you allow him to. He doesn't write your book in there. He doesn't write your name in there unless you allow him to. If, if we say that Jesus dying on the cross is then all, covers all sin for all men at all time, and everybody's going to go to heaven no matter what, then that last part wouldn't be there. Anyone, it implies that some people's names aren't written in that book. Okay, so it throws away that argument. So it means that how do we get our names written in that Lamb's book of life? It is by accepting the sacrifice of Jesus. But we accept it by exchanging our lives for His life. And I want to say that, that that's of giving an account that's the first, and f- the first and most important place where you need to stand still. Am I, do I belong to Jesus Christ or don't I? I'm not asking you whether you believe in Jesus. I'm asking you, do you belong to Jesus? Are you his son? Are you his daughter? Because that implies that he will be your father and that implies that he will be your Lord as well. And he's the one then that has the keys to your car. That he's the one in the driver's seat. Okay. So that is, it's critically important to stand still there. And, and, and I know a lot of you, I don't know everybody here, but, um, and, and our names are written on the Lamb, in the Lamb's book of life because Jesus made that sacrifice and because we, somebody, prayed for us or took us to church or told us about Jesus. And we have the opportunity to do the same for somebody else. A family member, a child, a colleague, a neighbor, whoever that is. Um, and God, strangely enough, uses us in that way to actually bring the gospel message to people. And Christmas is an amazing time 
to actually use that. To, to, they, they, there's like around Easter and around Christmas and, and, and some, some of Easter's things aren't lacquer and some of Christmas things aren't lacquer, but, but strangely enough that those are two of the times that secular people are the most open to hear the gospel. Because they want to know, what's this Christmas thing about? What's this Easter thing about? And you don't have to tell them about the bunnies and Father Christmas. You can tell them the gospel. <laughs> okay? Those two things have got nothing to do with the gospel. You can just give it to them straight. This is what it's about. I remember having a colleague doing articles with me from Zimbabwe. Um, I remember. He's Greek from Zimbabwe. And he... <laughs> And he, then he went to study at Rhodes University. So he thought Afrikaans is like a dying language that maybe a remote few were speaking. Because he came from Zimbabwe, he came to South Africa, straight to Rhodes University, which is also just English. And then he started working in Johannesburg and realized that there's more and more people that he actually encounters that speaks this language. Anyway, so him, he asked me one time, he was like, what is, what is this Easter thing about? Like, what, what's up with the bunnies? <laughs> I'm like, um, all right, so let me, let's sit down and talk about this. <laughs> so I could explain to him that the bunnies have got absolutely nothing to do with the Christian connection with, with the cross and Jesus' death and resurrection. Okay, so it's an amazing time, even with Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas or not, it's an amazing time. Some people will be open to go to church on a Christmas day just because it's Christmas day, not because they're Christian. And they might encounter Jesus there. So if you have a if you have a an issue with Christians celebrating Christmas, but your neighbour might actually go with you to church on Christmas Day, get over your issue and take them to church. Okay, Amen. Right? I'm not I'm not saying I'm for or against celebrating Christmas. I'm just saying that you might be able to use that to engage with somebody's heart with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna go a little bit quicker here. Only got one or two slides left. All right. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 12 to 15 says, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, the foundation uh, Paul talks about is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ him la having laid a certain foundation. Their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, what day is it referring to judgment day, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Um, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Um, now, I don't have all the, th the theology around this specific scripture. I just know that there is... Our work will be tested. And it's not, he's not referring there to salvation or not salvation. He's saying that, he's, he's assuming these guys are saved, their work is going to be tested. Okay, so there's certain things that we do in life that is, you're building with straw or you're building with gold. And the refining fire is going to test the quality of our work. And I want to submit to you that that which will last is that which you do under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. If you ask God, Lord, what is in your heart for 2018 for me to do this year, the next year, and the next year? What are you calling me to do? Are you calling me to go to live village? Yes, I'm calling you there. Okay, that's not how the conversation went at all. Right? It's not, but just, just saying. 
um, that if God comes and he flips our lives upside down, are you open for that? Um, it might not be that complete upside down flip. It might actually just be walking across the room to a colleague and say, hey, are you okay? See, you're not, you're not doing it. You don't lick yourself. Can I make you some tea? Can I make you some coffee? Come talk to me. I'm, I'm here for you. If they don't want to talk, it's fine. Say, door, door remains open. Are we willing to get outside of our comfort zones to build that bridge? Are we willing to engage with some of our family members during this holiday with the power of the gospel? It's amazing, Kurt, that was also on the Tanzania team. Um, when, when was Monday, no? Yeah. Monday, he led his mom to the Lord. They, Sunday, they came back from missions. Monday evening, he led his mom to the Lord. His, his family is not... Uh, as far as I gather it, they, he's one of the only ones that are saved, and he, and he led his mom to the Lord. It's, it's amazing how, when we get excited about the things of God, how that is, gets contagious. And people start asking the questions and start, people like, start looking, but there's something different here. What's going on? Um, and I don't know the details of the conversation. It's his story to tell, but um, I, just, I just pick it up. I want to encourage you this holiday. Spend time in the presence of God. It will get contagious. To be passionate about Jesus is going to rub off. Okay? So make sure that you spend time with Jesus so that he rubs off on you so that you can rub off on other people. And often when we go on holiday, we, we, we just want to sleep late and we do all sorts of stuff. We throw our whole routine out. For who of you is it the most difficult to have quiet time on holiday? Uh, only a few of us. Only a few honest ones. Um, <laughs> But I've, I've kind of figured out why. But it's because it's outside of our normal routine. Often we think we, we, we are used to a certain routine. We get up in the morning, we have our quiet times, and, and, then we, and then we tackle the day. On holiday, it's a completely different routine. And I want to encourage you to be intentional about the routines that you even do at holiday. It doesn't mean that you have to have it at 6 in the morning. But if you are with your family on holiday and you only wake up at 8 and the expectation from the rest of the family is that 8.30 we all have breakfast, then obviously you're not going to have quiet time unless you schedule it, unless you plan it, unless you're intentional about being with God. That was not planned, but that's for some of us here. Okay. All right. So let's, let's wrap this up. So what did, this is homework, all right? What did, what did you reap in 2017? Okay, you can be spiritual about it or just in the natural, okay? Just what did you want to do? Did you want to lose weight? Did you want to gain weight? Did you want to, did you want to be a single handicap? What did you want to do? Um, did, what did you sow? Yeah, if you want to become a single handicap, there's a certain amount of practice time that you need to be at the golf, at the driving range, etc., etc. Did, did you do that? Did you manage that? Spiritually, the same principle applies. If you want to grow in a relationship with God, what did you sow in order to reap what you wanted to achieve or what you feel God was leading you into? If you feel that God wants to lead you in a deeper knowledge of the Word of God next year, consider Bible school. Okay? Not only that, but consider reading your Bible every day as well. <laughs> Amen? Bible school will help you to interpret Scripture, but it is not a replacement for reading Scripture. Amen? Okay, so whatever that is. Okay, so what is God wanting you to reap in 2018? Now, this is, in a sense, this is a short-term goal, all right? Sometimes God wants you to sow something in 2018 which you 
might actually only reap in eternity. Okay? A lot of what we are going to reap, the benefit is only in heaven. But there are also a lot of stuff, this side of eternity, which we do reap. If you want a godly marriage, fill in the blank. Come do marriage prep. <laughs> okay? If you want a godly marriage, then marry somebody that's godly as well. Um, if, you, um, if you want to raise godly children, make sure that you invest in becoming the right father and mother. Um, amen. So what is God wanting you to reap in 2018? What does God want you to sow? All right? it's, I mean, it's simple, all right? um, how it works. Here's just my sowing and reaping disclaimer. All right? okay, the largest part of reaping and what you sow lies in eternity. Okay, so I'm not dangling a carrot before you that whatever you sow in January, you're going to reap in December. It is maybe a long-term investment, okay? like an eternity kind of investment. Um, and the amazing thing, if you think about this, and I'm going to close with this, is if you think about this, have you ever, th- have you ever thought how does this moment of your life, this minute, of your life compare to the rest of your life? I mean in length, okay? Not as in significance, just in length. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a one kernel of sand in comparison to the beach almost. Now, our lifespan, if you're going to live long, you're going to live 70, 80, 90 years. Okay, that 90 years in comparison to a million years similar kind of a principle. But your 80, 90 years in comparison with all of eternity, whatever you sow in this 20, 30, 40, 90 years on earth is going to determine how you reap and what you reap in eternity. Then it makes, it's a zero-sum game. The inflation is a lot higher than Bitcoin, okay? Okay. It's your, your reward is just that much higher if you are willing to stick it out and sow the right stuff this side of eternity. What you will reap on that side of eternity is amazing. But you will also reap some of that benefit this side of eternity in your relationships and in taking the gospel to other people as well. Amen. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us. I'd love, I would have loved for us to worship more and, and so on, but we are going to... My kids are next door, and they need to go to bed, and some of you also. Um, now, let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we, um, we thank you that with you there is no beginning, there is no end. You are from times past, and you are in times future. You've got all of time wrapped up in you. And um, Lord Jesus, we, we pray that that we would, in a sense, just grasp a little bit of the, the significance of the time that we have here on earth. To sow things that we will reap for all of eternity. Lord, there are certain things that you want us to sow into so that, our, so that we would become more like you. 
And so often, God, we, we either get distracted or we listen to fears or we are just plain lazy. And Lord, we want to repent, God, of allowing the enemy to, to intimidate us. We want to repent, God, of, of becoming lazy. And we want to embrace, God, the love that you have for each and every one of us. There's nothing that satisfies as much as you. The embrace of a loving father. And thank you, God, that we can find that embrace of a loving father at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. For you loved the world us so much that you gave your only begotten son. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.